Right, there we go. Welcome to my second hour on air right here on Radio Pulpit 657 AM, your daily companion. So awesome to be coming to you guys live this evening right here from our studios in Centurion in Roy Heiskral. And um, once again, just an awesome shout out to all of our listeners from all around the world. No, not just South Africa. People tuned in tonight from as far as Australia. Um, got a message last week from Abu Dhabi. How cool is that? Uh, also got um, some messages last week from Israel once again. And it's so awesome that people tune in from far and wide. The WhatsApp line is open and active right now. Already said hello to Chris from Australia. Pedro Small tuning in. She says, Lekker reen. So gesien. Dank jylle vir die program en dit is spike naand Dwayne. Hallo Petra, is so lekker dat jy ook naand saam met ons skyer. Right, so you can be part of this evening's show and please do so and um, go to our, our, our networks, go to <laughs> uh, WhatsApp. Uh, we are ready for you on WhatsApp so you can chat with us. Maybe perhaps you just want to leave a comment, maybe you want to ask a question, please do so. Now this is very weird because tonight i got to say hello to my guest. But it's a weird hello because it doesn't feel like my guest anymore. It's uh, <laughs> it feels like my colleague, <laughs> and I absolutely just love that. So let me say hello to my colleague, Reverend Paul Kufai. Rev, <laughs> how are you? Hi, Dwayne. No, I'm great. And yeah, no, in, indeed, I don't feel like a guest anymore. I, I think um, I feel like part of the furniture in your pulpit so um but uh, it's always an honor and a pleasure and a privilege to be on the show and i just want to greet all the radio pulpit listeners as far as australia and all the various nations out there so great big hello from me i just want to make sure you can be part of the furniture but you're not you're not vintage furniture right well, you know, vintage furniture is the best furniture. It's the most expensive. Yo. And it's, you know, I, I don't think I mind being vintage, you know, because it's quality. But you do know vintage <laughs> is old, right? Yeah, but, you know, there's old and there's old, Dwayne. There's, you know, there's old where there's no value in being old. And then there's valuable old, which comes with quality, which comes with wisdom and all of that. So uh, that's my kind of vintage. True. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, Rev, once again, uh, myself and you have really, uh, I, I, I didn't think at the start of 2021, the two of us will partnership and venture the stuff that we've ventured on the past few months. It's been an amazing few months. It's been a challenging few months. It's been a few months where we really used this platform to inform the Church of Christ. Uh, we've gone through stuff like the Puda Bowl. We've gone through the Hate Speech Bowl. And, um, yeah, we're happy to say that we have exceeded the 100,000 submissions. Yeah, Dwayne, I think, first of all, I mean, I need to give a big up to you and to Radio Pulpit, you know, just for using this platform for what I think God meant it to be used for, which is to teach, to train, to educate God's people in terms of what's going on so that we can be that salt, we can be that light, we can be relevant. And for so long, the church and the body of Yeshua has been irrelevant, you know, and and more than ever, we need to be relevant in these times. We need to know what's happening. We need to be aware of the issues. We need to respond, not react to the issues. And so I'm grateful for this platform, this opportunity, and, um, you know, I, I, I know not everybody 
out there might be happy with whatever we say or whatever, but um, the responsibility of this platform is really just to educate people and to say, get involved, be an active citizen, get involved and make sure that you are a voice. And also don't allow your constitutional rights to be taken away. That's the main part of what this platform is. There are hard-fought constitutional rights, which we have been fought over over the years, and most of those constitutional rights are also biblically aligned. And so as the body of Christ, we want the body of Christ to know those constitutional rights, especially those that are aligned to the Word of God, and to make sure that those rights are not taken away from you by anybody. So the only way you can do that is to be active and to be a voice. And yes, um, the last issue we addressed was the hate speech bill, which was pretty much very similar to the Papuda bill. And by now, the listeners would know Papuda, you know, stands for the um, Promotion of Equality and Prevention of Discrimination Act. So they're very similar in terms of agenda. And they're very similar that the, 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 they purport to be defending the rule of law. But we know that there's another sort of hidden agenda whereby there is an agenda to really attack freedom of religion, especially insofar as it, it, it pertains to the body of Christ and to the Christian faith. So pretty much what was defined previously as hate speech is pretty much what our religion and faith defines as sin. And so if there had been no intervention and if there had been no submissions by the body of Christ, uh, probably a great number of, of Christians would have ended up in prison just for preaching the gospel, just for preaching and making statements, you know, to say like Jesus is, is the way or the only way, you know, things like that would be purported to be discriminatory and um, to be hate defined as hate speech. So I think it's fitting, Dwayne, that we start off this program by thanking everybody out there who made submissions, you know, and this is not about anybody taking credit or glory or who is the one who, you know, who propelled this and this, you know, because I, I get a sense sort of that, you know, people are, it's like almost like there's a competition. Oh, I did this, so I mobilized this. No, it's not about anybody getting credit or glory, but God. To God be the glory for all the believers, all the sons of God who took responsibility and accountability and went out there and made submissions. We do know that the Wednesday before the deadline, the Wednesday before the deadline, there were around ten to 15,000 submissions. Mm. But on the Thursday before Friday, it was up to 75,000 submissions. And at the close, at the close of, of the, on the Friday, the 1st of October, on the close, the closing date, there were, I believe, 103,834 Submissions. Now, this is on the Dear SA platform. This is the platform where submissions, one of those submissions were made. It's not necessarily through the D, Dear SA. So this is the total number on Dear SA. We are going to still hear 
the total feedback, the, the total number of feedback in terms of how many submissions were made. We do know that there were enough submissions made to crash the server, that the server battled to keep up with the submissions. Um, I think the other thing I would like to say on the uh, aspect of submissions is to say that we must not be confused on the issue of submissions. So submissions are counted one by one. Individuals make a submission. If you put a submission on one document, you cannot put the names of one, one million people on one submission and that's counted as a million submissions. It doesn't work like that. If you've submitted one document, that document will count as one submission. They don't count all the names that are there. So I think we must be clear on that because I think there's some erroneous information that is misleading, that is being sent out regarding how submissions are counted so that um, we don't get misled into thinking we made more submissions than we did. So, like I said, on the Dear SA platform, we do know that the 103,000 odd submissions were made in total. It could be because some submissions could have been made by hand, you know, in terms of delivery by hand, by paper, you know. And so probably there are more than 103,000. Um, as to the exact number, we will know at a later stage. But I just don't want anybody out there to be misled into thinking that they collected the names of organizations representing so many million people, and that counts as millions. That's not how submissions works. So once again, big, big up to um, the radio pulpit listeners. And, you know, the last 24, 48 hours, you came to the party. You went there and you made your voice heard you through making the submissions. And um, we are grateful for that. And, and we hope that it's not a one-time thing that, you know, we will keep on doing this. That next time there's a call to say your vote counts, your submission counts, your voice counts, that we're going to come to the party and we're, we're going to outdo ourselves. And, you know, let's let's do more and let's make sure that we have a say in in the running of our nation. Democracy means that, after all, it means the, the voice of the majority. So let's be that democratic republic that we're supposed to be. So, Rev, just so for interest's sake, you um, <clears throat> you mentioned quite a few things there that I actually wanted to touch on. Praise the Lord, you mentioned it. But uh, Scripture says that due to lack of knowledge, my people will perish. And and we've yeah. said this multiple times, myself and you have said this, that this is, this is merely the platform that we want to use to educate the Church of Christ so that they gain knowledge to make the best possible decisions. There's not a platform for us to push an agenda. Like, for example, Rev, uh, like, for example, you just mentioned, and, 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 and once again, no pun intended on anyone, but we've, 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 received, we've received messages from people saying, listen, Dwayne, yourself and Rev, um, you, guys are, you guys are making the church afraid of something that they should not be. This specific church organization has already submitted 1.2 or 1.7 million signatures. I think it's important that we do mention the fact, and you have said this, that once again, due to lack of of knowledge, um, yeah. we, 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 we do make statements like these that's, that's not 100% um, 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 correct. That 1.2 million signatures on a submission was deemed as one single submission. 
Yeah, listen, it's unfortunate, you know, that sometimes uh, we we get into commenting on things that we don't really have a lot of knowledge on. Like you say, my people perish for lack of knowledge. I mean, I think it's important that people with legal training and understanding of governance and government structures and, and, and how bills are passed, I think it's important that such people make comment on that. And I think if we were not sure on how they're passed, then it's better for us to keep silence on, on, on those issues, lest we actually mislead people into thinking. Because you see, the danger about counting submissions that do not count, Dwayne, the danger of doing that is if we go and give wrong figures out there and say there's so many million submissions that have been made when they're not, the danger of that is that people will sit back and not make submissions. They'll be comfortable in thinking, oh, well, you know what? We've got so many million submissions, so I don't have to make us any submission. That is very dangerous and that is very misleading. So we really need to know and understand the process, the legislative process in terms of when people are consulted, how are people consulted? Um, you know, petitions, we had a conversation around this, around uh petitions, the difference between petitions and submissions. And quite often what happens is that, um, you know, people submit in the form of petitions where people are just signing one petition and they think that that counts. All the names that count on that petition count as, as, as a single submission and it doesn't. It doesn't. So um, it's very dangerous to to talk about issues that we're not really sure of because we can end up misleading a whole number of people. Now, secondly, what I would like to say about that also, uh, Dwayne, is even if let let us assume that the statement that millions of submissions were made, let us assume that that statement was true. Let us assume even if it was true, Dwayne. What would the harm be in people making more submissions? Would it not be better, just logically and common sense, let's common sense this out, even if we had 2 million submissions, would it not be better to have 2 million, 2.5 million? What is the harm in getting more? But it is extremely dangerous to stop people from making submissions under the belief, the erroneous belief that we have enough and we don't have enough, and you stop people from making submissions under some error, that is extremely dangerous to me. I would much rather, if we were in error, it would be better to be in error to have more votes than to have less votes, to have less votes. So that is my comment on that. All right, so Rev, we're gonna we're gonna take a, a short break, but before we take the break, we were discussing two very interesting topics, and we got to remind ourselves, myself and you, when we get carried away, <laughs> we forget about the time, but we got to remind ourselves of the time. We want to touch on two topics. The first one is we would like to just briefly touch on uh, the, the 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 vaccination process that's. Uh, uh, the that's, that's taking place for children older than, than 12 years of age without parents' consent. And we want to touch on our biblical responsibility to vote. So, right, Rev, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll, we'll chat about that. You've got two minutes to wrap your head around this, Rev. And then when we're back, the mic's all, all <laughs> okay. yours, and then we go. Right, so you guys a short break. See you uh, okay. right after this. This is 
Reverend Paul Coupe on air with me this evening on Filling the Gap. And as I know Reverend Paul, she's always busy with something. I couldn't, I, Rev, sorry, but I, I, I couldn't help but hear that you are on air with me right now and you are already hosting something else on, <laughs> on a platform with a minister that you called up. Do you have a living in the evenings? Because it seems like you just have conferences <laughs> left, right and center. Sorry about that. That was a boober. It's our Bible school. We have an online Bible school. We have uh, over 200 registered um, people from 10 different nations. So I was just making sure that they were they were okay. <laughs> so right. somebody's taking the class. All right. There's no problem with that. All right. So Rev, um, it's um, it's weird how uh, just before the song, just before the break, I said that we will be what we will be talking about. And um, <laughs> my WhatsApp line is almost like the Department of Justice's line. My WhatsApp line <laughs> is being crushed right now, which for me is pretty awesome because it, it really seems like uh, we have created some form of a following. And this is not Dwayne and Reverend Paul Coupe's following. This is the, the following of Jesus Christ. And uh, con- yeah. concerned people, some of these comments, unfortunately, I cannot read on air <laughs> as, um, as, as this is not a place for our opinions. Uh, Rev, yeah. yes, yes, one that I do want to read. And it says, yeah. if the Bible calls something a sin, <laughs> then our opinions don't mind. <laughs> that's quite a bold yeah. that's a bold message to receive yeah no absolutely absolutely I mean sin is sin what can we say <laughs> alright so Rev let's get let's get let's get yeah. straight into it um, we know yeah. we know we know that there was an announcement made a while ago what what was that announcement please just please just tell the people well, the announcement, I'll, I'll, I'll say about the announcement, but I do want to make these preliminary remarks before we talk about the issue of mandatory vaccine, because I know it's a very sensitive topic. And I also know that it's one that's trying to divide the body of Christ. And the first thing I would want to say out there is as the body of Christ, listen, we are sons of God. We are believers. You may have different opinions and different perspectives out there. But at the end of the day, let me make this plea to us as children of God. Let us not allow the aspect of vaccines to divide us. Let's remain in unity. The enemy wants to use this, this opportunity to divide us. So whether you are what is so-called called pro-vax or anti-vax, um, don't allow it to make you hate uh, your brother or your sister. I want to make that preliminary remark and say that we are still children of God, uh, one God serving one God, one faith. Second statement I would like to make also is to say that whatever is going to be said now is not being said in terms of trying to tell you what to do. So we are not here to tell you what to do. Uh, Everybody out there must pray and hear God's voice themselves. What I'm going to be talking about and addressing is the aspect of legal implications. What are the legal considerations that we need to actually look at in terms of the aspect of mandatory vaccines in particular and vaccinations upon our children, especially if you are a parent who does not want their child to be vaccinated, what then? So that's really 
what we're going to be looking at from that perspective. So we're not here to say do this or don't do that, etc. We're just saying um, make certain considerations. And one of the first things I want to say is um, just to remind believers out there that there is a constitutional right called freedom of choice. Freedom of choice. Like I said, there are basic freedoms out there that have been hard fought and hard you know, won. Freedom of religion is, is one of them. So when you look at constitutional freedoms, which are put, are placed in our constitution, which by the way, is the highest piece of legislation. Our constitutional court also is the highest court. And that's why it was important for us to make input. If you didn't make input by last Friday concerning the selection of the chief justice, then it's, it's, it's not a good thing because we were given an opportunity to make input around mm. the seven shortlisted people for chief justice. The mm. chief justice is, is the, the head of the judiciary. Um, you know, he, he's, he's the Judicial Services Commission is the one that, that uh, appoints judges and he chairs that. He, he makes major input in the judicial services, uh, in the, the conduct, all of that, the code of conduct. And so it's important for us. The, the, the chief justice is somebody who, who need not only be somebody who's qualified, he must be qualified, you know, in terms of legally, in terms of years of experience, but it most importantly, in terms of his character, in terms of his character, in Exodus, when God was speaking to, to when J- Jethro was speaking to Moses, he talked to him about the criteria, the criteria, how to select men. And he said, select men who have the fear of God with godly fear. He said, select men um, who hate dishonest gain who are honest and hate dishonest gain. So we can't select people with corruption who have been involved in corruption or who have been found guilty of any offense. He said select men also who are skilled. So that gives us the criteria. And I'm just giving a background because I'm talking about constitutional freedoms. And I had to also just throw that in to say, let's remain very prayerful, South Africa, as we trust God, the interviews are ongoing for the Chief Justice. And I believe there are seven shortlisted. There there were eight shortlisted originally, but one has withdrawn. Um, So remaining seven. So let's remain prayerful and pray that the next selected Chief Justice will be somebody who is not only legally qualified and skilled with the years of experience, but most importantly, has character, has the honesty, has the integrity, has a good value system, morals and ethics you know, is not a womanizer, is not somebody who's been involved in bribery or corruption, all those things. Let's be very prayerful. We had until Friday, last Friday, I think it was not this past Friday, the Friday before, um, to make submissions on that. I actually did a Zoom meeting. So just going back to the issue of constitutional freedoms, the, the, the Constitution, the highest supreme law of the land, it assures us of certain constitutional freedoms, such as the freedom and security of the person, freedom of religion, which as as believers, the Bible says we must contend for the faith. 
So we must contend for our freedom of religion. It's in the book of Jude that we must contend for the faith. It is not a suggestion or a recommendation. It is an instruction and a commandment. So freedom of religion is one of those very serious uh, constitutional freedoms that we've been awarded in the Constitution um, that we must uh, actually keep up with. Freedom of belief, and uh, it's not just freedom of religion. It's freedom of religion, belief, and opinion is the full freedom. Freedom of expression is another one of those rights. Freedom of association, freedom of movement and residence, freedom of trade, occupation, and profession. Those are all freedoms that are placed and entrenched in the Constitution for you and I to enjoy. Freedom of choice and the right to human dignity are, is also very, very important. Section 10 of our Constitution protects the freedom that everyone has to make their own decisions. So that's in Section 10 of our Constitution, the freedom that everyone has to make their own decisions. So that essentially is freedom of choice, and it's linked to dignity. So to deny people their freedom to choose and freedom of choice is to deny them their dignity. And this is something that we must keep uppermost in our mind when we consider the issue of mandatory vaccines. That aspect of freedom of choice is something that's in the Constitution and we must protect it by all means. I do know that there's a limitations clause and we've talked about the limitations clause in section 36. And I do believe that even the South Africa Human Rights you know, Commission has made comment to say that because of the limitations clause, they've actually not said yes or no on the issue of mandatory vaccines. They said maybe. They've not made a clear yes or clear no, which, you know, is a little bit odd. But they've said maybe, maybe the aspect of freedom of choice may not apply. Well, that still has to be tested in the courts. And I have to tell you that in many jurisdictions, in many nations, the aspect of mandatory uh, vaccines has been tested in some nations. And, um, you know, it, 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 it has lost in some of the courts, like Nigeria, for instance. Um, mandatory vaccines were, were, were not allowed in one of the states there. So, but like I said, we're not going to go too much in that. So there is a limitations clause which says that your rights can be limited, but the limiting of those rights must be reasonable and it must be justifiable. Also, our rights can only be limited if there are not any other options. For instance, if there's another option, if there's another alternative that can be looked at, then you need not necessarily um, follow that particular uh, option, if there's some less restrictive means, if there are other options that are less restrictive to, to, to mandatory vaccines, then um, there's no reason to limit your right to freedom of choice. So I wanted to just set that just basically as a kind of foundation, um, just to say this is how our, our discussion is going to go. So as we consider South Africa, the issue of mandatory vaccines, let us have uppermost in our mind, is this going to impact on my freedom of choice? And if it does, what does it mean if my freedom of choice is going to be taken away? And if it's taken away in this instance, how will I know that it's not going to be further and further taken away? 
How will I know that it's not going to be, you know, more and more taken away? As Christians, Christian faith, already your freedom to raise your child the way that you feel, according to the Bible, um, is being eroded. So, for instance, you are no longer allowed to, to spank your children. Um, you, you, you know, in terms of education and the education that is being taught out there, CSE, things like that, comprehensive sexuality education, the Department of Education has already chosen the way that they want to educate your children, which is not in line necessarily with your Christian values. So already you can see that certain your freedom of religion and your freedom of choice is already being impacted. So my message to you out there as an attorney, as a lawyer, uh, 35 years now, more than 35 years actually as a lawyer, is to say, be alert, be vigilant, and make sure that your constitutional freedoms and rights are not taken away. Now, getting to the issue of uh, the issue of the children. Um, let me just say this in terms of the issue of the children. So on the 15th of October, that was Friday, the 15th of October, 2021, the Minister of Health, South African Minister of Health, Dr. Joe Passa, uh, made a, a media briefing. And this is essentially what he said during that media briefing. Number one, he advised the South African nation that 34.6% of adults had been vaccinated with one jab, with one jab. And he also advised the nation. Now, everything I'm saying, Dwayne, is traceable. So, um, you know, because I had some people uh, challenging me to say, oh, this wasn't or this was. Listen, I'm taking mm. it directly from his speech, from his speech, which was loaded up on the government website. So if you have any issues with what I'm saying now, feeding back there, you can go look it up for yourself. I'll even give you the website address and you can check it out yourself. Mm. Exhibit A, as we say in law. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what he said. 34.6% of adults have been vaccinated with one jab, but the target is 70%. So clearly this aspect of vaccinating children from the ages of 12 to 17 is to try to reach their target of 70% because only half of the adults have been vaccinated and that's vaccinated with one jab. And I think they are saying that you are supposed to have two jabs, something like that. He also said, Dr. Joe Pasla said that they've issued 1.5 million vaccination certificates. That's what he said. Um, he also said, and of course, we know that vaccination certificates are those that will allow you entry into a place, certain places. And he also talked about the partnership that he referred to a partnership between him, the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Sports, Arts and Culture, which is the minister. There's Minister Mtetwa. And uh, he said that sports is already rolling out the requirement, mandatory vaccination certificates. So in other words, in certain sports events already, you cannot attend sports events without the mandatory vaccination. In fact, on Tuesday, I think it was, what date was it? It was, was it the 12th of October? Mm. There was a match, Bafana Bafana versus Ethiopia match. I think there were about 2,000 people at that match. And for you to enter into the stadium, you required a vaccination certificate. 
So already you can see that certain departments and ministries are rolling out the mandatory vaccination aspect. And also, I must say that even certain universities are starting to do that. Uh, it was last, late last, I think over the weekend or Friday, when University of Cape Town, which happens to be my alma mater, where I did my master's degree in law more than 20 years ago, also announced that from 2022, students and staff must be vaccinated. Cool. So I think clearly we can we can see that that's, that's going on. So that's what the Minister of Health announced. And then he also now announced, the big announcement was that they would now be rolling out uh, a, a service to vaccinate all children between the ages of 12 to 17. Um, and that this was approved by the vaccine ministerial advisory committee and all the health MECs and cabinet. And that that rollout was to start on Wednesday, 20th of October, 2021, which was last Wednesday. So, and I do believe I'm made to understand that um, people, some children have already been vaccinated um, because there's been confusion around that. People sent me messages to say, no, it was suspended. But I do believe that it has been actually started and initiated. And I did see some pictures where children were being vaccinated. And that. Um, and, and the, the other thing that was said was that the Pfizer vaccination had been approved by the South Africa Health Regulatory. So it's Pfizer injection that's going to be given to this, this age group. What was said was that, and I'm quoting again, Dwayne, I'm quoting so that nobody says I'm saying that. What the minister said is one dose will initially be given to children. And the reason he said for that, why they were limiting it to one dose initially, was because he said that there had been cases of transient myocarditis. That mm. is a heart and cardiovascular condition. Mm. He said that Cases of transient myocarditis had been detected in some children after they received the second dose. Mm, mm. So I'm taking that from his media information. This is not something that I want anybody to argue with and say, no, but researchers, are. I am taking this from the Minister of Health's speech. He said his reason for only giving out one dose is that research has shown that in some cases, some of the children uh, showed up with transient. I'm not a medical doctor, but the, the medical doctors know what's been talked about. I'm just quoting the minister that cases of transient myocarditis, it is a heart and cardiovascular condition. He said they've been detected in some children after two days doses. Now, very, very important thing now here that we're getting to is that children aged 12 years or older do not need to get their their parents' consent to get the vaccine. And these children will be vaccinated at public and private vaccination sites. Dwayne, I'm going to send you the website to his speech so that people can check out his speech themselves. But children aged 12 years or older need not get their parents' consent to get the vaccine. It's important that people out there understand that because I've heard a lot of parents saying that, well, I'm not going to give my consent. I'm not going to. Uh, let me say this to you. In terms of the Children's Act, in terms of the Children's Act, 
uh, the Children's Act, Section 129 of the Children's Act of 2005, says that a child of 12 or older may consent to medical treatment. Mm. So in terms of our law, our written law and legislation, children who are older than 12 may consent to medical treatment. They do not need their parents' consent. So even if you withdraw Mm. your consent as a parent, in terms of the Children's Act, they do not need their parents' consent. Even in terms of the TOP, the Termination of Pregnancy Act, girls out there from any age can actually terminate. They can terminate. uh, Hello, can you hear me, Dwayne? I can hear you. Okay. They can terminate their pregnancy without parental consent. So the Termination of Pregnancy Act allows that, and the Children's Act gives permission, grants permission to children who are 12 years older, 12 years or older, to get medical treatment without necessarily getting their parental consent. So it's important for parents to understand this, because no amount of threat to say, I'm not going to, I'm going to withdraw my consent. It doesn't matter. Legally, they don't require it. And so parents out there, in fact, even um, the Children's Act says that from the age of 12, children can request for contraception. They don't need your consent. Mm. Mm. That's Section 134 of the Children's Act. And the Section Termination of Pregnancy Act, Section 5, Subsection 2, says no consent other than that of the pregnant woman Mm. shall be required for the termination of a pregnancy. And guess what? Listen what it says a woman is. You and I would think that a woman is maybe 18 or 21 years or older. No. It says for the purposes of this act, woman means any female person of any age. Sure. Of any age. Of any age. So I just want to let us understand that. So I think, you know, because we're running out of time, um, let me get to the aspect, because I know a lot of parents are saying, so what can we do? So what can we do? Let's say I don't agree with the mandatory vaccination. What can I do? Well, as it is right now, the main thing that you can do if you do not want your child to to have the vaccination is to have a, a talk with them. Discuss it as a family and educate your child uh, on your your opinion, on your belief, on your standing and have a discussion and an agreement as a family on the stand that you are taking. Let me say this to parents. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let me say this again to you parents. That scripture was a scripture that God has given primarily to us as parents. Primarily. It is not so much a scripture for teachers or government. It is for you and I. So the training must start at home first and foremost. The expectation is that you and I must teach our children on the issues of sex, on the issues of sexuality. If we are believers and we believe that sex belongs only in marriage and that sex is between certain kinds of people, then we must teach that to our children. Don't abdicate on your responsibility to Mm. teach your children and think that the government or the state or the the education department is going to teach them in line with your values. 
if you have particular beliefs and values, education must start at home. If you don't, there is never any vacancy in the spiritual realm. There's either light or there's darkness. When light abdicates and does not take up space, darkness will fill in for it. So if you abdicate on your responsibility to teach your children in line with the biblical mandate and responsibility that God has given us, if we abdicate on that, we cannot cry, complain, and criticize when somebody and something else steps in to educate our children in line with their values. So this is what I'm saying to parents. Sit down with your children and talk to your children around your values, around your beliefs, and let them be educated to know that this is what is happening. Vaccinations will be coming along. Do children have a right to refuse those vaccines? Yes. As it stands now, they can say either yes or no. They can say they can still choose to say no. What they don't need is your consent, but they can say yes or no. As it is now, it's not mandatory in the schools. So your children still have an option to say no. So if you do not want them to take the vaccine and you've discussed it as a family, educate them on what steps to take. Get them to understand that they do not have to have the vaccine. They have a right of refusal. They have a right to refuse to take the vaccine. And they have a right not to be bullied into taking the vaccine. Get them to understand that. And get them to understand that if they are being um, unnecessarily pressurized or pressed, they have a right to call you. Or they have a right to call for reinforcement or to tell Anybody um, on, on whatever grounds, whether it's on the school grounds, to tell them that, listen, if you continue to pressurize me, I will call either my guardian, my parents or my lawyer. So let them know. Let it be known that that you as you know, let your children know that they have a right to refusal and they they, they should not be bullied into taking the or intimidated into taking the vaccine. So educate them. On the coming vaccinations, which I believe are already being rolled out, educate them on their right to refuse the vaccination. I want to adjure churches out there. I've uh, I'm, I've been approached by many churches. Um, you know, some of the big pastoral forums have requested me to come and speak to them. I did speak to a group in Soweto two weeks ago. They brought all their leaders, hundreds of leaders. I spoke to them on the issue of mandatory vaccinations etc. So come together as churches, come together as organizations, come together as parents and 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 you know, we are here to to work with you, to partner with you, to give you advice uh in terms of what you can and cannot do. I also want to encourage people out there to give feedback on the Dear SA platform regarding mandatory vaccinations. So there is a website which I'll also send out to you, Dwayne where you can give feedback. Now, this feedback is not in respect. It's not like submissions for a bill. It's not a bill that's being proposed. It's just feedback which is being collated to now present to the powers that be so that they will know that this is what the people of South Africa are saying concerning uh, mandatory vaccination. So don't think that there's any bill or, you know, around that. It's not going towards a bill. 
it's not going towards any law. It's just going as a, 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 a voice, a sign to say that the people of South Africa are saying this. Listen to the people of South Africa. Listen to what they're saying. So I will share that, that, that website with you. It's www.dearsouthafrica, one word, www.dearsouthafrica.co.za. And then you put a slash mandatory hyphen vaccination. So www.dearsouthafrica.co.za slash mandatory hyphen vaccination. Um, but I will send it to you, Dwayne. You can put it out on, on the, the, the whatever platforms you feel um, it would be appropriate to put on. So that's essentially what I think I would like to say um, to to our listeners out there. I think it is very concerning. I must say this, this law, which has to do with um, no parental consent, children not needing parental consent. I think it is a law that needs to be looked at. I think it is a law that needs to be repealed. Um, it is a law that can really potentially have very disastrous consequences to the family. It can bring division. It can bring strife. And one of the things I don't understand is children are not allowed to drive, Dwayne. Children cannot vote until they're 18 years old. Hmm? <laughs> True. They cannot vote till they're 18. They can register to vote at 16, but they're not allowed to vote till they're 18. They're not allowed to drive also. They can get their learners at 16. They're not allowed to drive until they're 18. So I'm thinking now, there must be a reason behind why we don't allow children to vote until a certain age. So we're saying it's so important that you need to uh, be have a certain level of maturity before you can vote, have a certain level of maturity before you can drive. But you don't need that maturity. You can be 12 and you don't need that maturity when it comes to uh, assessing what goes into your body. When it comes to terminating pregnancy, you don't need that maturity anymore. You only need it when it comes to driving and voting. But 12-year-olds can determine and younger can terminate, can, 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 12-year-olds can, can go and ask for contraception and can terminate pregnancies, but they can't drive and they can't vote. Mm. So there's an inconsistency there somewhere. There's clearly a terrible gap and an inconsistency. And the laws must be reconciled. There, there, there must be a reconciliation of the law. It's inconsistent law. It's bad law. We cannot say that you're old enough. You're not old enough to vote. You're not old enough to drive, but you're old enough to terminate a pregnancy. There's a mismatch going on there. So these are some laws that really need to be looked at and interrogated seriously. And where they need to be, there needs to be a repealing of the laws. They must be repealed. And there must be a protection, serious protection of the family. The family a dysfunctional family makes for a dysfunctional society and a dysfunctional community. If we want a nation that is going to work and be strong, that nation must be built on strong families. So any government or otherwise that divides the family is creating a basis and a foundation for a weak nation, a weak nation. A strong nation can only be built on the back of a strong family. 
Dysfunctional family means a dysfunctional society and it means a dysfunctional nation. So we do not win when we divide the family. We do not win when we take away parents' right to to, uh, raise their children. We do not win when we bring division and strife amongst the family and cause them to fight. It's not a win-win for the nation. It's a lose-lose for the nation. We're creating a divided family, but also divided nation, a weak nation. And as Africans who believe in Ubuntu, who believe in family, strong family, respect, honor, neighborliness, taking care of one another, we cannot allow the family unit to perish. So that is the message to us, South Africa. Let us protect the family, which is the pillar of society. Uh, Let us interrogate every piece of law and legislation that is, 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 you know, attacking or dividing the family. And let us repeal all laws Mm. that are actually um, taking away that family unity. That is the message um, to us. And, and, And as I close, just to say, let us protect our hard fought and hard won constitutional freedoms, freedom of religion, freedom of choice, Today, it's this. Tomorrow, it's going to be something else. You may say, well, I believe in mandatory vaccine. Well, you may believe in mandatory vaccine. But once a precedent has been set for taking away Mm. your right to choose, your right to choose about what goes into your body, once that precedent has been set, tomorrow, it may not be mandatory vaccine. It may be something else which you will not like. So be Mm. careful about allowing a precedent to be set that takes away your freedom to decide what goes in your body and what does not. <laughs> All right, we're going to quickly so, turn yeah. that, but I literally have 30 seconds to say goodbye to you guys. Uh, Rev, once again, <laughs> thank you very much. We just got a voice note from Pastor Peter Barwise, and it's a voice note absolutely supporting you. It's not about the vaccines. It's our children's rights that's taken away. Please keep your ears posted, Radio Pulpit. This message of Pastor Peter Barwise will be playing on one of our drive shows this week. It's very important that you guys listen to it. Rev, that's an evening. That's a wrap. A Sorry for cutting you short, but we got to say goodbye. No so blessings to you. Thank you for what you do. And guys, I love all of you. On behalf of me and Reverend Paul Coupe, until next week, same time, same place. Enjoy this one. This is um, 